It's another day, I'm another John, and this is Another Note. Today's edition of Another Note is titled, Each One. Our scripture reference today is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 26 through 40. As always, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of His Holy Word. What should be done then, my friends? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be only two, or at most three, and each in turn. And let one interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let them be silent in church and speak to themselves and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to someone else sitting nearby, let the first person be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is a God not of disorder, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be subordinate, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to know, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or did the word of God originate with you, or are you the only ones it has reached? Anyone who claims to be a prophet or to have spiritual powers must acknowledge that what I am writing to you is a command of the Lord. Anyone who does not recognize this is not to be recognized. So, my friends, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In our debates about speaking in tongues or the role women have in ministry, we lose something. There is a need to discuss those issues, of course. For example, Paul sets boundaries on how to actualize the gifts of the Spirit. He also has a word to say about women in worship. Both conversations make sense in light of the historical context of Paul's letter, plus a good callback to what Paul has already said helps us better grasp what he's saying and what he's not saying. Many of us put a lot of effort into defending our beliefs surrounding those issues. And for now, let's put that aside. Not because it's not important. It is. Not because you shouldn't reflect more on why they're important. You should. Today, I want to pause on the first line of scripture we read. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. In our world of paid, full-time pastors and ministry staff, we probably miss what Paul said. Our sense is there are those among us who plan and steer worship and ministry. It's their job, after all. That's why we pay them. 
I recall listening to an interview with a biblical scholar. His focus is Pauline studies. During the interview, some version of this question came up. What would Paul think if he went to a church today? Paul would wonder, he argued, what in the world is happening? Paul's sense of church and what constituted the local congregation was different than ours. We think of large gatherings and try our best to get more people to attend worship. We frame pictures of our buildings and send postcards, newsletters, and emails with them to invite people to join us. Paul knew smaller gatherings. They weren't in large stained glass sanctuaries. They worshiped in homes and didn't have their eye on 12 o'clock. Worship flowed with fellowship and communion. There was bread and wine for communion, but also for breaking bread. And besides the food and the house, Paul would miss something else in our worship today. Think back to the verse we mentioned. His guidance was that each one would have something to offer to the church's worship. Worship then wasn't a passive observance. Everyone participated in some way. Think about what a typical worship setting for us looks like. I don't have to guess that a lot of us would be uncomfortable with some expectation that we all participate. I've been told countless times. Why do you think we have trouble with Paul's idea about each one? Is it because we're supposed to leave worship to the professionals? Have we convinced ourselves the point of worship is just to be where it might be happening? Now, giving 100 to 200 people something to do in every worship gathering is excessive. But this idea could give us a chance to reflect on what we put into our church's worship. Showing up for worship is great, but we also have a calling to build up the church as we do. Stay blessed. Thanks for always supporting Another Note. This is our daily devotional. I'll keep writing and recording as long as you keep listening and we keep growing. If you ever find Another Note on iTunes or anywhere else podcasts are available, make sure to leave a review so others can join us. The easiest way to connect with me is online at anotherjohn.com. God be with you.